Welcome to the podcast, Happy and Single. I'm your host, Joseph Anderson. You can find me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy. And today is episode 153. And it's entitled, Your Life Doesn't Have to Be a Perfect Checklist. I don't know about you guys, but one of the things that I have found in my life is I've tried to be... I don't want to mess up, and so I made my life a checklist. I made my life a checklist for those things that were important to me, and I also put things on that checklist that weren't that important to me. You know, also, I, I am recording this while I'm traveling, so and I, the hotel I'm staying at is really, really close to an interstate, so if you happen to hear any highway noises in the background, um, or just regular hotel noises, it is what it is. But when it comes to living our lives in a perfect checklist, you know, for me, as I look back, so I, I, I just got back a few weeks ago from a wonderful training up in Washington with uh, George Pransky, Linda Pransky, that are both mentors of mine and also like mentors, they're, they're the mentors to my mentor. And uh, also with Mara, Mara Gleason Olson and her husband, Adig. And it was interesting, while I was there, um, you have experiences sometimes to be coached by these incredible coaches. And it was interesting because I sat down and I talked with her. And as she kind of coached me, I, I sat down and I started talking and I really was just talking about how I wanted to just live a life that was just me. I, I wanted to just be me. You know, there's so many things that we learn over the years of all these things that we think we have to do or we should do, that we start piling all this stuff up onto, on top of us, on who we really are. And I told her I just wanted to be coached on becoming more of me. You know, and, and as we went through this conversation, there was a theme that came up that's actually come up through a lot of my life. This idea of feeling like I've, I have to be perfect. Now, originally, I think this did come from a good place, this idea that I really wanted to, you know, make sure I, I was worthy to return back to the presence of Heavenly Father. So I, I really do think that initially it kind of came from a good place. But as we looked at it even further, you know, as, as I, it was actually Mara that was sitting there and coaching me. And as we looked at it further, I started to realize a lot of different things. I started to realize that I'd taken this idea of being worthy, and I'm even seeing some of this now, like I took this idea of being worthy and turned it into being perfect, or trying to be perfect. No, nobody's ever perfect, and even no matter how great and how wonderful we, we try to be, we're still never perfect. We're, we're all just trying to do the best that we know how. We're all trying to figure out this, this life together. But as we were talking, I realized that, you know, we kind of started talking about my nieces and nephews and the idea of, 
you know, if, if there was anything that they could ever do that I would not love them? And the answer is no. Well, there's plenty of things that I'd be sad if, if they chose to do. And different choices that if they chose to make them. But it would never change my love for them. There is nothing they can do to change the, the fact that I love them. Well, at a deeper level, there's nothing we can do to make Heavenly Father love us any less. There's a difference between being worthy and, and doing the best you can than going around and doing a bunch of horrible things. And, and it's interesting because I think the adversary kind of gets in there and messes with us. It's like, oh, well, here's this idea that you feel like you have to, that you want to be worthy to return to God. And it's like, well, you got to be perfect. That's, that was never God's plan. I mean, that's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ. So we didn't have to be perfect. And if there's one thing that's been one of the hardest things for me to learn and understand, it's that. That I don't have to be perfect. And, you know, and especially the more we listen to you, the more we hear, the more we feel. Like, the more ideas of other people that come into our minds that we take on as our own hurt us. You know, sometimes I'll tell people that personal development and even the study of self-improvement has actually done as much, if not more damage than it's done good. Now, some of you guys may be sitting there saying, whoa, Joseph, you got to be kidding me. You can't be serious. But I am serious. Now, why do I say that? I say that because most self-improvement self stuff says you must do X, Y, and Z in order to be happy in your life. So it adds on all these layers of thinking on top of to what you're already doing, on top of when you're already trying, on top of whatever you're trying to do at. So not only was what you weren't doing good enough, according to insert guru's name here, But they've also given you a thousand more rules to make you not good enough. No, I'm not saying that's their intention. I'm just saying that's what it is. I mean, I know from experience just because you know, I went through a particular exercise. It was just this high energy exercise from one of those gurus. And they talk about, you know, speaking about everything in this high energy and always staying in this high energy state. That's not how we're built. I mean, I even told Mara when, I, when we were talking, I, I told her, you know, it, like if you run a Ferrari at 100,000 miles an hour all the time, you're going to burn out the car. Well, the same with us. And I even shared with her, I'm like, well, sometimes I'm, I'm talking to somebody and I just don't know what to say. You know, and, and she didn't say, well... Once you get to my level of experience, then you'll know what to say all the time. 
She didn't say that at all. She said, yeah, Joseph, that's part of being human. <laughs> Isn't it funny how we turn a really, really good thing like, I really do want to be worthy to return to the presence of Heavenly Father, to, oh, you have to be perfect. That was never God's plan. And actually, the more you look at it, that was the adversary's plan. He was going to come and, you know, he wanted to basically play savior for us. But essentially, you would have had to live a perfect life the entire time. And you would have been forced to live a perfect life. I don't know how that would have worked, but somehow that, that, was, that was his plan. Well, I don't think that sounds very fun. And I can tell you it doesn't because I've lived that way for a lot of my life. And so worried about the things that I said, the things that I did, what's somebody going to say, what's somebody going to think. Yeah, there's a quote that I've shared often on this podcast, but it's by an early religious leader of mine named Brigham Young that says, I care about two opinions in the world, what I think of me and what Heavenly Father thinks of me. That's the way to happiness right there. When those are the only things that matter to you, like when something feels good, you'll follow it. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you smell a really, really delicious pie and, you know, it can literally, it, it can literally create a path to your nose and you're like, oh, it's kind of like that with your life. All these things that feel really, really good generally are really, really good for you. And they feel peaceful. They feel good. So coming back to this idea of not living a checklist life, I have gone through different spurts. It's like I went back to living a checklist life probably about a few months ago. And one of the biggest checklist items that I have Big, again, that goes back to that desire of always being worthy to re return to Heavenly Father's presence. One of, those th one of those things was to read the Book of Mormon for 30 minutes a day. But what happens if I'm reading the Book of Mormon and Heavenly Father inspires me to do something else? <gasps> well, before it was no. Or it was open the scriptures and do whatever I'm guided to do. Because we only have so, so much time during the day. And so what it actually looked like is me not really loving what I was reading as much. I mean, especially lately, I started to go back to my Portuguese scriptures and I don't understand them as well as my English scriptures. And so my whole study right now is literally just to strengthen my Portuguese while, while I read the Book of Mormon. And so it's, it's been a little bit different. But now, you know, it is. It's starting to come back a lot better. But this idea of being perfect, always being on, is not very fun. And it was just last week, I was sitting with my with my particular mentor. And, I, and we were talking and I, 
you know, we were, we were talking about like these lists that I had and he's like, if there's, if they're working for you, awesome. But my list wasn't working. Most of it was, those check marks were actually empty. And I said, it's not working. And in that moment, you know, I, something started to settle. And that day, I threw away my checklist. And you know what happened? As I just slowed down and allowed the Spirit to guide me, and everything I was doing, it did. I was led and guided to do all the things that I needed to do. And it was a wonderful day. We are so led and guided by the Spirit all the time. And we're the ones that get in the way. The Spirit says, hey, go do this. And we're like, I don't have time for that. I, I'm, I'm busy doing the life the way I think it's supposed to look. The more I do my life the way I think it's supposed to look, because of what I've been told, because of what I think, because of you know, all kinds of different reasons, the more it probably does look like a checklist. Oh, I've got to spend 45 minutes contacting people today. Now, that's probably a good idea. But a lot of times it wasn't getting done either. And I was even talking to Michael after I, you know, and, and we were talking and I kind of shared, I was like, from, from something he had said, I, I just realized, you know, I, ha I have to take off the training wheels. I have to be willing to allow myself to mess up. I mean, I was so proud isn't necessarily the right word, but I was really pleased with the fact that I had not missed a day reading the Book of Mormon for like seven something years, more or less. I, I don't think Heavenly Father is going to care if I get to the other side and be like, you know what? I didn't miss a single day of reading scriptures for 70 years. And yeah, I, I think he'd be like, so what? What did you learn during that time? Well, I'm, I mean, some stuff. But I, I, I did it. I, I did my... I did my 30 minutes a day or whatever it was. Heavenly Father is more concerned with your experience than your perfectness. And it's okay to mess up. Like when you take the training wheels off the bike, you're going to crash, you're going to fall. And, and I've seen that. I've seen as I've taken the training wheels off this week, there's some things I've done very well. And there's other things that I haven't done as well. Now, the interesting thing, even though I have certain things on my checklist, certain things I don't really have to think that much about. Like going to the gym every day. Unless I'm traveling, then it's a bit harder. But even then, I, I, I try the best I can. 
Why? Because that's so important to me. I've been, you know, I've been working hard to get myself to the shape that I want to be in. But I think more importantly than having a perfect checklist of your life, it's more important to take a step back and pause for a moment and think, okay, why, why am I having to put these things on a checklist? Why isn't this lighting me up? Why aren't I enjoying this? Now, some of you, especially it, like the, the, the entire podcast so far has been going on three years and my, my, my thinking and my understanding of life has changed during that time. It's like there's certain things for us that are just, yes. And there are other things that we have no desire to do that we spend so much time thinking about. And it's generally the things that we don't want to do that Heavenly Father doesn't want for us. And we just have a lot of thinking about them. Whereas it's like a couple of days ago, my, my mentor, he, he released this program. And the second I looked at it, I thought it was going to be like, there's three different classes that are five days each. And I thought just one of them was going to be like five grand. And so when I hopped on and found out that the one that I the the one that I really really wanted to go to was only like five hundred dollars or so, and then I could get all three for less than fifteen hundred. There there was no thought. I mean, I was I was standing in line at the DMV, which <laughs> that's that's another story entirely. But I was standing in line at the DMV for an hour and they'd actually taken out the chairs of the DMV and they don't have that little system where you pull the ticket and sit in a chair and wait for an hour and then get up. No, you stand for an hour. Anyways, before, before I entirely digress and go into a, a very funny thoughts about that. Um, while I was just standing in line and I started looking at this program and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Like, I was so stoked. And it's somewhat, might sound funny to you guys, but I've never met my mentor in person. I've worked with him now in group settings for the past six years or so virtually. I've never met him in person. And now I'm going to get to spend an entire, like, six months with him over different, different particular classes and activities and such. And it's just so cool. Well, I didn't really have to think about this. This wasn't, oh, is this what God wants for me? Is this, is, is this okay? This was, oh my goodness, Heavenly Father, I want to do this so bad. And please tell me if it's not the right thing. I think that's how it should look. I, I think that's how it should look. We shouldn't be like, oh no, do I have to do this? It's like I happen to see another. I'm. I happen to see another friend post about a you know a particular place they were selling or they were renting out, you know, and, and I'm and I'm looking for for a new place, and so it's like, um, 
you know, you look at it and you're like, um, immediately the, the, the answer was no, it just didn't inspire me. It wasn't great. That was my answer. And then I'm like, oh, wait, 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 but Heavenly Father, is this, is this what I want? Is this what you want for me? I, I think that's such a great example of generally the answer is no. If, if what God wants for you is, I mean, he wants for you to be happy. And he's preparing that. He is outlining this. He is guiding you. And it should be more and more like what I, what I shared before of just saying, oh my goodness, yes, 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 yes. I, I would love to do this. Please tell me if it's wrong. What if your entire life was yes, 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 instead of checkbox, checkbox, checkbox? It's like we're so worried about messing up. I have a giant stack of papers at my house. The notes I've taken years ago some of which you know, might have a few inspirational things on there and others that don't. And it's like, I feel like I have to go through and put all these things into a system. But I believe in personal revelation, like current revelation. That God will reveal to me. And, and I know there is like, that's one of the things that sets my faith apart from so many others. We believe in modern revelation. God can guide and lead me today just as he had years ago. Well, what some of those papers are is really, really old revelation. And, and even some of that's me misunderstanding. It's like when I first started doing these checkboxes again, the thought came of how back in college when I had a ton of stuff to do in, in those last few weeks, I made, it wasn't a checklist. It was more like, it was each of my goals along with progress. Like almost more of a thermometer than it was a checklist. Oh, cool. I've got to get this done. 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 And just showing where I was at and what I actually needed to do. It wasn't, oh, spend 30 minutes on this. Spend 30 minutes. It was very specific. Okay, you have this paper due. You have this test. You have this. You have this. And I realized that I, I just kind of heard the revelation wrong. I thought I was going back to a checklist and it was like, no, it's, it's good to know where you're at and your progress on each of your goals. But just because I go to the gym for 30 minutes does not mean I go to the gym for 30 minutes. Just be, well, like, and, and if, you're, if you go to the gym, you understand what I mean. If I go to the gym, if I sit around, if I lollygag, I can spend three hours at the gym. And not do anything. Well, I can also go to the gym for 20 minutes and bust it like crazy and get tons done. It's not the amount of time we put into anything. It's the amount of, it's the amount of uh, anything that we put into the time. And sometimes we put so much pressure on that time that we miss entirely what's happening. So we feel like we have so much to do, you don't. And one of the things that I even did, and I, I'm going to even invite you guys to do this as well, 
you know, one of the invitations we were given is to go through all of our list and to knock off the stuff that we didn't want to do anymore. You know, my list, like I said, I've got stacks of papers of list and tiny things that I could have done years ago. Well, I probably don't need those, but even more so, I had nine different tasks or nine different areas that I was focusing on. They weren't even necessarily goals. They were just things that I didn't want to mess up on. And I broke those down and I, I actually cut them down to three. But build my practice to where I want it. Finish writing my book and get myself back to my ideal shape. That's it. That's where I want the bulk of my time to be spent. But Joseph, what about your spiritual study? Yeah, that's, that's there too. But, you know, I spend however much time I spend a day on that. I don't need, that's not my overarching focus right now. Of course I want to read the Book of Mormon each day. And I do. But I don't need, like, I'm, I'm in the habit of that. I don't need it right in my, like, I don't need nine things staring down at me all the time. Once again, like, if we would just let ourselves go back to little kids having fun, I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. Sometimes my, my uh, six-year-old nephew loves to read the Book of Mormon with me. And other times he doesn't. But you know what? Usually he won't pretend. He'll generally just... I, I say usually because sometimes he just really loves to talk to me. But, you know, like, you, he, he'll just say, I don't want to read. I'm watching, a, I'm watching a show right now. I don't want to talk to you right now, Joseph. Am I sitting there like, Oh, what a world, I'm offended. My little nephew doesn't want to talk to me. No. I'm actually proud of him. Would I love to talk to him in that moment? Yes. Why am I proud of him? Because he's doing what, what feels right to him. And if what feels right to him is watching his show in that moment, I want him to watch his show. You know, it's interesting, and I know some of you out there that are single have, you know, have kids, and so you're single parents. Well, the interesting thing about that, so often, like, we sit with kids wanting what we want for them, instead of just being with them. You know, we had some beautiful discussions this last week at this, at this uh, conference I was at, and it was interesting because there's some people there with some pretty different views, you know, and I was talking to one of these people that have very different views, and we diff, different views than me. I'm not, I'm not saying they're wrong, but we were talking about their experience in life and, and they've lived a different life as well. And they said, you know what? I really wish certain things were taught. Like we kind of got on this idea of what should be taught to kids at school and what shouldn't. And it was interesting though, because as we did that, it was I mean, they, they shared some things with me about how it would, have been, it would have helped them so much to know they were okay if certain things were taught to kids at school. And I shared with them, I, I really didn't want those things taught in school. 
And so we kind of went back and forth and back and forth. Like, what, what would it be great to teach everybody? And it's that they're guided. You know, in the way I speak about it, that they're guided by the Spirit all the time. When you are at peace with the path that you are on and Heavenly Father is at peace with it as well, keep walking that path. The only one making your path miserable is you. Because if you're on the, a good path for you, a path that's going to lead you to happiness, and how do you know that? Because it either gives you more and more joy or less and less joy. Joy is a compass. It is a director. It is a pointer for where we're supposed, where we can go, where we're meant to go. And if it's not bringing you joy now, and if the vision of where it's leading you doesn't bring you joy in the future, it might be really time to sit down and talk with your Heavenly Father about that. I believe one of the things in life, and I did an entire podcast about this a while back, but it was essentially the question, what is good for me? Joy will point you to what's good for you. We're learning by experimentation what we love and what we don't love. And you don't have to love everything. There are certain people that are going to love going down certain roads that I would not love. And there's other people that would not love my road. But the the quicker we get to stepping on our road, not perfect steps, but just steps. I mean, I, I haven't done it for a while because of different injuries and such, but I created what's called the It's Possible Challenge. And you just pick something that's you really want to do and just start stepping. You literally just start stepping forward into what you want to do. And guess what? You learn. And the more you just throw yourself into your game, the more you don't worry about the perfect thing to do. I mean, there's, there's an understanding. It's like, is it important that I perfectly write my book? No. What's important is that I show up and I understand how book writing works. I show up and the words come through me. Sometimes they come in a flow. Other times they come in a trickle. And other times they come in less than a trickle. Drip, drip. Drip. In my business, is it important that I run my business a certain way? No. Is it important that I reach out and connect to some pe people somehow and invite them to work with me? Yeah, that is important. Because if I don't do that, I'm not going to have a business. You have to connect with people to have a business. That might be through YouTube. That might be through social media. That might just be through reaching out and connecting with other human beings and saying, hey, do you have, do you have a secret dream? Do you have a vision? 
is your life where you want it to be? I can share some really cool things with you that'll help you if you're interested. If not, no worries. Well, eventually you keep doing that. You're going to find someone that's interested. Have you been living your life from a checklist? And if you have, is it working? The checklist life was no fun for me. No, no, granted, you're going to have days if you're not living a checklist life when you're not going to be on the path. And, and, it, and it causes you to be more and more in tune with the spirit, more and more just like checking in with yourself, but not like, okay, am I on the right path? No, simply, hey, where am I at right now? Okay, well, I didn't get all the things done I wanted to today, but I had a good time. I, I'll share with you guys something because I think this is important. And I also wanted to share a really cool story. Um, so it was interesting on Thursday, my, my baseball team, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now I say my loosely. I am a Fairweather fan. If, you're, if my teams are performing well, I will support them. If they're, not, if they're not performing well, I generally don't waste that much time watching them. But I have been watching the Diamondbacks for the, the past, the, the month right before the season ended and the postseason very intently. Well, it just so happened they got destroyed in Philadelphia. And so tickets dropped for a game, for the first home game of the, it's, it's called the National League Championship Series. So right before the World Series is this one. And I, and I looked up tickets and the tickets were like, crazy cheap. I mean, we're talking like 20 bucks for the, for a higher t- ticket. And like lower bowl was as low. The lowest I saw was like 55 for an awesome seat. Well, I started looking at that, started looking at that. And I'm like, you know what? I think the, like, I have no idea if the Diamondbacks are going to get blown out or they might perform better at home. We have a rookie pitcher pitching. But the game's at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm just going to go. And I go. And it's interesting because I talk about the spirit always leads us, right? So I get out of my car at this park and ride. And the spirit's like, hey, ask that kid if he's got an extra ticket. And I ask, and he did. And he offered it to me for free. Now, you're probably thinking, whoa, that's so cool. You got to go to a game for free. I didn't because I told the kid no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I, I hear it now too but it's like no I don't want an upper deck ticket I'm, I'm sitting in the lower bowl well I mean regardless this ticket probably went to waste and uh, funny enough I as I started getting closer to the stadium the ticket price has started to rise pretty high and I finally just bit the bullet and paid 60 bucks for a ticket, which is still ridiculously good for the ticket I got. And then I kind of just walked around and I, I, picked, I picked a section where I wanted to sit. And I walked right past the security guard again. And like, if you guys heard my concert story, literally, I walked right past the security guard. I went and sat down. And about three innings into the game, somebody came came down and they asked me, is that your seat? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm honest with people. I'm, I'm real. I'm not like, yes, it is. No, like, no, it's not my seat. 
and they're like, you know, do you mind just scooting over a few? And you're, you know, welcome to, you're welcome to sit here. You're just like, do you mind scooting over? My, my dad's like six, nine. And he, and he was, it was this huge guy. And, and I had like a huge amount of leg room in front of me, which is unheard of at a game. And so I did. And it was, and it was interesting because I, I sat down and the security, the security guard was watching this and he saw, he saw me move and knew something was up. And so he came over and now this also was not the, the seat I moved from was not this guy's actual seat either that asked me to move. They were just a couple seats further over. They just wanted the leg room, which was fine. I, I was fine with that. But the security guard comes over and he's like, show me your ticket. And I, and I, and I slowly start to reach for my phone to pull out my ticket. And this guy next to me that just had asked me to scoot over a seat, uh, he pulls out his own phone. He's like, oh, he's with us. Quickly flashes through his tickets. The security guard thinks nothing else of it and leaves. And that was just so cool. Like, there are really, really good people. And, you know, at least my thoughts now are, if somebody bought a ticket and doesn't bother to show up, what does it matter if I sit in their seat? <laughs> Like if, and you know, it's like, and, and so that's, that's my logic. You guys could, you guys could think it's wrong. I, I don't know, but I don't know. Everything's heavenly fathers. And anyways, like that was just so cool that he did that, you know, for me. And then hopefully after that, the security guard didn't really think anything of it, but nobody came for the seat I was in. I just, I think that is so cool. I, I really do. You know, and I, I, I took an entire afternoon off of work. I went to this amazing game and we won. We won with a rookie pitcher and it was amazing. And I was there and I could have been there for literally almost free. <laughs> like I could have gotten that free ticket because I was going to sit in the same place regardless, but you know, we're all learning while experimenting. Like, 60 bucks doesn't kill me, but hey, it, it would have been nice to have that, that extra 60 bucks back too, you know? Every one of you, I just, I want you to, if you're willing to try something. Now, if you have things on that list, like taking very important medication or something for your health, you might want to still do those. But other than that, I would invite you to try experimenting. Try playing around. Try just see what happens if you don't have a list. And if you need to, my, all, all you've got to do is just sit there and be still for a moment. Not analyzing, not overthinking, not trying to overthink every thought in your head, but literally all you have to do is just be still. The scripture says, be still and know that I am God and let heavenly father lead and direct your course. And he will. So if, if, if you're willing to try again, even just for a day, try your life without a checklist, see what it's like. Like, yeah, I, I haven't done everything perfect this week. And I, I've read my Book of Mormon every day, but I, I haven't, I've definitely not read 20 or 30 minutes, but I've really read and I've really enjoyed it much more than I was before because I'm not so worried about how much time I'm putting in. So I really would, I'd invite you guys, if it feels good to you, to, 
let go of the checklist, come back to being present, and allow yourself to be directed. I'd also say if there's things on your list that you don't want on your list, either get more curious about them and see what that's about for you, or put it on the chopping block, even on the day chopping block. Let yourself have a day without the pressure, intensity, and everything else that the thinking that comes with having to do a list. And let yourself be guided and directed. And if you sit and watch a few hours of TV and after a while you're not feeling so great, awesome. That's just an indicator that says, hey, this isn't doing it for me anymore. What else you got? You know, it's like the little kid that we're trying to impress. They're like, yeah, this isn't working. What else you got? The little kid inside of us, it wants to enjoy life. And it can enjoy life in all kinds of different ways. So that's my invitation. Throw away your checklist, whether it be for a day, a week, or forever. No, I think your checklist is different than, just to be really clear, than planning. There's nothing wrong with you know, having a little bit of time each morning. And this is one of those things I've struggled with too, of whether to plan or not. But of just taking a few moments and just planning out your day. Oh, I think I'll try this, I think I'll try this, I think I'll try this, I think I'll try this. But then let yourself be guided and directed. Like, allow the freedom, the flexibility, and the flow, and the spirit to lead and guide you. And if the planning thing I said doesn't even resonate with you, hey, like, like I said, I'm, I'm experimenting too. So I, I, I haven't done that one for a little while either. So play with it for yourself. Just experiment. You know, and, and just see what happens. You don't got to do everything perfect, guys. Go live your life. Go enjoy your life. And whatever you felt to do after listening to today, go do it. Now, if you've made it to this point in the podcast, I'd like to invite you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. I don't know how you got here, but that way, if you ever want to get back here again, it's right there for you in your subscriptions. And if you haven't already joined us, one of the really cool things that I do that's free for anyone that would like to participate is each Monday morning at 10 a.m. Arizona time, I host a group coaching call for Happy and Single. Anyone is welcome to come on, and you can even receive a little bit of one-on-one coaching time with me, depending on how many people are in the call. Now, every now and then that schedule changes, so you can go to the website Happy nsingle.com to be able to look at the schedule and also to be able to find the link to the Zoom room. Now at the same time, if you would prefer a more one-on-one type of coaching experience where you can sit down and share your hopes and dreams and, and just kind of the stuff going on in your world, then there's another option available for you as well. Now, the bulk of my business is actually doing one-on-one coaching. If that's something you're interested in exploring, I've got a few spots open in my coaching practice. You can just message me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy, and we can sit down and have a chat. And it doesn't matter where you're at in the world. I've worked with people across the world. I do everything over Zoom, so it actually makes it pretty easy.
Thank you guys so much again for listening. And go out and live your adventure. Thank you.